Hello and welcome to the Mechanics Institute Review Podcast. My name is Peter J. Coles and I'm the Managing Editor of Content for Mirror Online. For this episode, we are going to talk to the boys from Open Pen, Sean Preston and Joe Johnston, about the magazine, their novelettes and how the whole thing got started. Sean is the founding editor of Open Pen and was born in London where he lives today. Joe Johnston was born in Uneaton in the George Eliot Hospital, it must be a sign, before spending his very early years on the Isle of Man. He then moved to Liverpool, where he grew up. He studied English with creative writing at Falmouth University. He has spent his adult years sharpening his focus towards short stories and poetry. Now he lives in London and is the magazine editor for Open Pen. He is currently writing a collection of short fiction. So, welcome, Sean and Joe. Hello. Nice to meet you. Cool. So, uh, that's good. So, Open Pen, in their own words, is a publisher specialising in little books, novelettes, novelettes, in fact, and a free short fiction magazine stocked in independent bookshops across the UK. Um, so, to begin with, I just wanted to talk about... We're just going to start, if that's all right. Yeah. I just wanted to talk to Sean and ask him, as the founder of Open Pen, I wonder if you could tell us a little about your background and why you created Open Pen. How did it come about? Um, so, I think, like a lot of people, I was uh, a lot of writers or people that consider themselves to be writers, uh, especially in their early to mid-twenties. Uh, I felt like I was struggling with it, I wasn't getting published in the places I wanted to be published and this is all, you know, I've come to realise is actually just part of being a writer. Um, but I did especially feel like there wasn't a place for a certain type of fiction, um, not just the fiction that I was writing but like the, that style and I think about the sort of things I wanted to write about. Um, I didn't feel like there was a sort of primary platform for that. Mm. Can um, you explain what type of fiction that might be? I think it would be, so previously I've explained it, there's, there's lots of horrible words for this type of fiction. Um, edgy, hipster, and this, you know the kind of things that are going to make us cringe, but if we're going to be open about it, that's probably what a lot of people would label them, uh, would label that type of fiction. Um, I think of it as fiction that's relevant to young people and their concerns and their lives. Um, and as I say, there is there was that sort of fiction around, but it's predominantly in blog form or online, and not in places that felt like they were going through some sort of filter, like an editorial filter. Um, so that's that is essentially where Open came from. Because I thought, well, now I can be that platform, especially as I got a little bit older, and I and I um, started to read fiction from friends and further afield that was, you know, in a similar vein, and the kind of stuff that I did think was relevant to young people, and that probably should have a better platform than. Than just their their online blog or whatever. Mm. And so at the moment we're in Ninja Tunes Records in in the in the in the meeting room, I think it is. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. It is meeting um, room A. So did you, this is where in the meeting room A, if anyone wants to know. So we you started here and then an open pen sort of came yeah. out of this or don't two you? things actually happened at a similar time. Um, and that in itself is relevant, I think, because uh, in the noughties I would have just been messing around for that decade, <laughs> and I think that's you know natural part of being in your late teens and twenties. I started here in two thousand and ten, here being Ninja Tune, um, looking after how things are made, the manufacturing and production and design. And it wasn't sh- it wasn't long after that I really decided I needed to do open pen because for a long time open pen was a thing in the back of my head that I was going to do. And you think, well, I need a time that's less busy, and then I think you slowly realise that. 
life doesn't get less busy, it gets busier and you just need to get on with it. Um, so Open Pen I started maybe a few months into working here. So from 2010 on, it kind of, they went hand in hand in the sense that I uh, picked up so much here about um, output, but the things that you, you decide to put out there into the world and think it's a good place to work in the sense that it's, it's a risk-taking label, it still is. Um, but more than that, you know, just what my job was here, which was to look after things, nurture them, make them look nice, or as nice as I possibly can, make things relevant, I think. And I think that's, that's hopefully carried through into the magazine as well. Do you have a writing background then? You said that you, you so were writing. Not, not academically, not, I mean, it's not, I didn't do it. It's not something I was, I mean, I was interested in my schooling, but um, when I was very young, it was, it was more music and to a lesser degree film that I thought the things I really wanted to get into. It wasn't until I was well into my 20s, well, I mean, in my early 20s that I was writing more and that became the predominant way for me to express myself, whatever you want to call it. I mean, expression is probably overstating it, I think, was a, a habitual element to what I was doing and that, and that habit was writing. Um, so I think as far as background goes, it would it really just comes from something that happened quite naturally over time. It just felt like a, an interesting way to spend my time. Mm. And Joe, how did you get on board with like, Open Pen? How did you get involved? Um, well, firstly, I, I think Sean served himself a bit with the service there because he's managed to create a whole community of women around Open Pen, a whole literary community. Um, but I just sent an email about five years ago or something, um, just asking if he because I'd been open pen a couple of times. I think I've got the first copy in uh, up in Liverpool. News from nowhere. News from nowhere, yeah. Um, and then I uh, yeah just sent him an email asking if he wanted anyone to sort of do his petty bidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way to start in these things, yeah. isn't it? Do all the crap jobs, um, and then you will. Uh... Yeah, just help out, and it's been fantastic. So. And you recently became the managing editor of the magazine. Yeah, bit by bit. Mm. Um, I'm still uh, slightly anxious though about the sort of tailors being handed to me. <laughs> I'm just going to sail it off course I mean, into a. This episode was our sort of crossover issue, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, it's been, I've very much been led by the hand. Yeah, there's been a lot of hand, hand, hand holding, but that's, yeah. that's good. I think that's, you know, being. I'm not, I'm not a big believer in this baptism of fire thing, you know? Yeah. I, don't, I can't see my little Joe get burnt. So it was definitely a case of, I think, a, a good amount of handling. But also, it's not like I'm going anywhere. I think it's um, it's good to get Joe moving on it and making it into his own thing. But like, it doesn't mean that I'm not going anywhere, Joe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sort of baby steps. I'm here for you now. That's good. I said to him, I think I'm going to have to get like a Leninist style bust on the desk at Sean's face. <laughs> 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 I, I approve that. It's yeah. in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> just this image and like a yeah. picture frame and looking like, very noble. Maybe a portrait of a wheat field mm. <laughs> sun rising from the back of it. You know, so. <laughs> so you said, Joe, Sean, Sean, that you were, you found an open pen with this idea that you wanted to get a particular type of literature published and out there in the world. Mm. Can you, you talk about that a bit more? So it's it's. So I guess the. Um, I think I think for instance the first story in or the 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 lead story in uh, issue twenty four which has just come out, 
uh, day off by Ian M. McDonald. Is that the sort of thing that it's you're... It's an artifact <laughs> <black, black laughs> story, yeah. And obviously the thing is that if you, you read through the magazine, yeah. there are They're stories not, that yeah. feel so far removed from, from that, but like, mm. it's a rather vulgar, grotesque mm. story. Aside from that, it's a lovely piece of fiction as well mm. and it's got a really interesting message. If you choose to look that far into it, if not, you can just enjoy it on the surface level of it being about a gimp that is uh, eventually... Spoiler here, set on fire. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, I, I think that Should there are... That? I'm not really sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, yes, I would say that's probably a, a good um, indication of, of what we've been doing at Open Pen. But it, it has moved on from its, you know, its early kind of identity, I think. This, mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it a part of it, and I think one of the reasons I was keen for Joe to take over is that I think he understands that identity, mm. but more than that, he's he's going to make the magazine his own thing as well, which I think is totally important. There's no point trying to put something out there that's kind of someone else's idea or even worse ideal. I think um, I must admit this is the first issue so far that I've uh, liked. Been been, <laughs> <laughs> been reluctant to post up to my grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while since we had one this bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, early on there was a few that I got cut. Well, it, it was a fantastically, it was a fantastically written short story, I thought, though. Yeah, yeah. So. In fact, you were the one that were really, you really, really run it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I liked it. Yeah. A lot. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, is the aim with Open Pen to provoke, do you think? It, to a degree, but I, I'm one, it's not just necessarily to provoke the reader. I want to uh, publish writers and people that are willing to provoke and take risks so it's not necessarily always about the fiction and what their output happens to be in one particular story or piece of writing i'm really keen to get writers out there that are um, relevant and interesting and interested in um, the lives of younger people struggling people working people and i think for instance in m mcdonald's story day off does that he clearly is a writer that's willing to provoke mm. and touch a nerve and potentially offend without um, without malice. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's it's definitely a part of open pen that our literature is provocative or, inter- or it hopes to be at least. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting you say that without malice. I think mm. that's the because that, that's the key to that story. I am not I wasn't offended by the story, but I was very shocked by it because mm. <laughs> it is a shocking story. But there is there is a sense of love in the story. There is a sense of hope, and there is a sense of people just being how they want to be, even mm. if that's a gimp. I think that's a big part of it. Is like we have to we have to divorce vulgarity and malice, and that's and I think that you know those two words interchangeable with lots of other words. But I think there's a um, as I've said it's not on the record. It's not gratuitous. Yeah. I think I've said several times that I, there's a sort of slightly trolling element to the magazine. Um, I've certainly trolled many people in my time, but we need to separate trolling from this idea of, of malice as well. And I think it's similar to that. It's like there was a, you know, there's such a thing as satire. And, there were, you know, I think we have to be aware of what those two things are and what something like being malicious is. And I think that's hopefully key to our, to our output. Mm. So Joe, how how does this how did this how did this uh, magazine come about the um this twenty issue twenty four how did it get put together what do you do I'm actually just stealing ideas because Mirror Online wants to do this too at some point in the future so how did how does this come about um so we have like a pretty open sub, like submissions bracket 
hence the name Open Pen. Um, we basically just trawl through all the submissions, um, send them out to a few people who are willing to volunteer their time to read it. And then from that, we sort of develop a shortlist. And then from that, we refine it further and work out what we can what we can use, what we like, what we don't like. Mm. And what and what are you and what are you looking for in in, in the stories? Do you think what were you well, looking for? Are you are you do you edit the stories as well? So is it is it purely yeah just a little bit. We're, we're quite um, when it comes to the editing, we're quite hands off really, aren't we? We're, yeah, sometimes I mean, we get really stuck into a, a yeah. piece editorially, which is interesting, and then other times it just feels like it's. So much better here if we leave this alone. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I've had to try and sort of restrain myself a little bit because I'm a bit of a fascist when it comes to editing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's something I have like loosened my grip on with myself because it's not really that's not it's not really about that. You know. Um, yeah, I think you did it a little bit with with like, with this issue, didn't yeah. you? More than I probably would have done normally. But I don't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing at all. I think that's just again part of you know, putting your own stamp on yeah. like what are you not looking for in, in in submissions? What do you um, what do you read and you're like, no, that's not it. I know one of them is poetry. <laughs> that's poetry, definitely yeah, true on the website. Just like baseline stuff. Probably um you know like fantasy, things like that. Just um certain like genre fiction really I guess. not for any not because we think we're bothered, but just mm. just don't think it could particularly work in this format. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we're all pr- like for the first like stage, we are pretty open, really. Like there have been things we have said yes to that otherwise we, you, you know, you perhaps think we wouldn't. Mm. Um, I don't what sort of um? I mean, I've always thought there's certain characters and stories that I'm particularly not interested in. Mm. Uh, I don't think we're exactly the same on that. I think we're similar, but what sort of what are the stories you just don't want to hear anymore? <laughs> um, if something is kind of overly explicit with a kind of political objective. Okay. Um, Anything trying to be didactic or something? Yeah, ju- perhaps not even didactic, but certainly like if you can spot from the get-go there's a particular agenda mm. involved, that's perhaps being, being told rather than shown, mm. you know, so that will... Yeah. But, um, is there is there is so uh, uh, now you've taken over? Is there a direction you would like to take it in, in terms of the stories you'd like to accept or the themes and agendas that you would like to promote in issue twenty five maybe? Um, not particularly to be honest, because like I said, I've been, I've been trying to sort of, I've been trying to keep my eyes as, my horizons as broad as possible <laughs> with it, because um, I feel like that was supposed to be the original ethic. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to. Keep it going in the right direction <laughs> So next one will be the so, big test, yeah. and after that you can yeah. rock it off. Very good. Okay, so if we're going to move on slightly to the series of novelettes. So we had Mazin Salim on uh, the podcast, I think it was two podcasts ago now, mm. um, with his story, The Prick, which was very, very interesting. And it was a, I think it was a very interesting interview, and it's a very interesting book, and I urge our listeners to go read it. So what was the inspiration for creating these novelettes? Did you just want to sort of extend the reach of Open Pen in terms of moving from magazine? Yeah, and I guess by that, that that also means to extend the reach of our writers and writers that we believe in. And so, for instance, Mazin Salim is definitely one of those writers. Um, the magazine, is it, there are several reasons that I've kept the magazine going for as long as we have. Um, one of them is that I've realised it's, it's quite a decent platform for writers to come through. Um, 
there are several ways to go and become um, the published author, creative writing courses, uh, knowing the right people. Um, and I think one relevant way of doing that uh, is to have a magazine like Open Pen, which pushes short stories that are not necessarily going to fit in elsewhere by writers who are not necessarily going to do one of those two things. However, I realise that it's a very low platform and um, to take that next step into being published by a much larger publisher um, was probably a little bit too much for some of these writers or at least for those publishers to see, okay, he's done this but there's not really enough there yet for us to take a risk on you. So I thought that maybe the novelettes would be another, a good way of doing that for one, it's a, just, it's a retail book. Um, but it is a book and it's single author and there's kind of a bit more, um, you've, cl you've clearly got enough trust in a writer to put yourself out there for that person and that book. Um, and take more of a financial risk on it as well, of course, it's a big part of it. So the novelettes really are the second platform. But they're another way to get those writers out there doing their thing um, and getting them used to the, the cow market that is, that is publishing. Yeah, that is the publishing world. Yeah. It's incredibly difficult. Mm. And, and it feels... I, I only entered writing a couple of years ago after spending my uh, last 10 years studying Japanese and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to become a writer <laughs> and end up at Birkbeck. And uh, so coming it from sort of a newbie, it's an incredibly... Uh, difficult and closed world and it feels very shut down and uh, I do think it's very interesting that you've chosen to sort of go I'm just going to take a risk let's mm -hmm. just risk let's take a risk on this author because they, I, I've only read Mazin Suleiman but um, Rob True who we had on earlier on said Dante Barker's book was is incredible yeah. it's mm -hmm. really 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 interesting um, so you've released is it five, four or five already we've we have released three novelettes mm, novelettes despite our aversion to poetry we released a poetry book last year as well oh did you yeah. <laughs> but we also never, never please don't send us poetry it was a <laughs> it was we, a we have, joke this we have out of hand. <laughs> <gone too far. laughs> we have some work experience um, people from uh, young people from uh, Treasure House at the moment working for us, right. and then we were, we're, we're trying to create a list of places that you should submit, like really good places that you should submit. And one of them had a big issue with you guys, and you <laughs> you described that you shouldn't have poetry. So just briefly, why do you not want poetry? Yeah, it's just I, not for it's, you. It's, it's not that it's not for me. Is that I, so? This makes it sound like I know everything about fiction, and obviously that's that is not true of anyone working in fiction publishing. But I don't know anything about fucking poetry. <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely yeah. no point in me saying yes or no yeah. to any of your mm. stuff. I, I, you know, the, in here and here and there, I read stuff, and some, I, I would, uh, yeah, now and again, there are things that hit me that okay, yeah, I can see the value in that. I just don't think I'm the right person at all mm. to say yes or no to people's poetry. I mean, I um, I read a lot of poetry. I'm usually usually trying to have one book on fiction, one book for poetry. You sort of alternating, but. I think I feel like Open Pen's taken on quite a lot as it is with uh, the short stories, whereas to just open up a whole new universe of poetry would just be too much. Because mm. it's, uh, I mean, the, the amount of submissions we get for short stories is quite hard to manage as it is. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go, if you let, if you open the gates to the poets at the same time, it'd be uh, yeah, yeah, just far too many of them. Yeah. So um, how many readers do you have? So uh, it's a hard way to. So we do eight hundred copies, two thousand copies per issue at the moment. Um, 
So free magazines, you hope that it finds its way into several hands, so it's, it's really hard to gauge, actually, but um, I assume more than that. I assume it's not, everyone's not just picking up a copy and throwing it away, because mm. in that sense, it could be like two. Like just me and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one. Yeah, three. I've got two. <laughs> three confirmed readers. So you don't really know. I mean, the, the, we have fiction on our website as well, of course, and that seems to do quite well. So if that's uh, indicative of what we do with our magazine as well. I mean, yeah, obviously, the amount of submissions that we get that are from readers would suggest that, yeah, we, we're doing okay. Yeah, that seems to be increasing, I think. Yeah, it's, and that's obviously the best way. But most, a lot of our writers that have come through have been readers previously. And I think because they get what the magazine is after a couple of issues, and they're like, this is the kind of stuff that I want to write. Or they have been writing, and then they find their home, and that's, you know, that's great. It's, it makes the whole thing work. It's a good fit then, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the whole the issue of readership and whether you, that should make you stop or continue a thing is, is a, it's a big thing, isn't it? In terms of mm. uh, for Mirror Online, also, it, we often feel, are we getting enough readers? Is that is that even important? But it, it's well, also time as well, yeah, of course. I mean, exactly. the thing is, I've been yeah. going since 2010, mm. and I definitely didn't print eight. Well, actually, the first time I did print uh, 3,000 copies, and that was a massive mistake. Okay. <laughs> but the yeah. next time, I, probably, I think I must have printed about 200, 300 copies or something. Mm. Um, I think I've still got like boxes and boxes of issue ones on there. But so like, I think it's just that's the nature of time, isn't it? Yeah. It's and sticking it out, and that you, of course, you're going to expand. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was it was Elmo Leonard or someone. I was, I was watching like an interview with these writers, and they were asked like, "Do you worry about your readership?" I think it was Elmo Leonard. I can't remember who it was now, but he, he said he said um, all the great chess masters <laughs> like Bobby Fischer and things they weren't worried. Whilst they were playing chess, that the chess market wasn't big enough. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they still they just devote themselves to it. They loved it enough for it to fulfil them. You know, they. So I think it's sadly, I think it's probably somewhat similar with mm. writing. But that should be obviously one as yeah. wide a readership as possible. But, but it's, you're right, and I think a lot of writers I speak to, um, the ones who have a healthier attitude towards writing, think in that way. That you know, obviously you. To a degree, right to be read, but it doesn't mean to say it won't come in time anyway. Yeah. And also, that's the best test. The, you know, the idea that I mean, you, you wow people for a day or a year or whatever, it's kind of like, okay, but like, will that still be the case in 10 years' time? Yeah. I think a lot of books that do that get a lot of excitement in the present um, at the moment won't really be talked about much yeah. in 10 years' time. And some books have kind of flown under the radar a little bit. And this is nothing new, obviously. This is we, we know this, but I just think that to worry too much about your current readership, but we don't have to worry because <laughs> you're doing you're doing you're just fine. You're doing everything. Just, just start with sheer bloody mindedness. Yeah, Sean's made at last the twenty four issues. Yeah, that's that's not a toxic approach, is it? That's a healthy approach. No, no, right. yeah. I think it's an extremely healthy approach. It, <laughs> this whole world is about patience, isn't it? For the writers. Yeah. Reading itself requires patience. Mm. You know, everything about it is about patience, and I think that's a lot of where magazines fail is that they don't get that hit of they don't become you know they're not on the face of uh, London View Books immediately or something yeah. like this, and so therefore they think they failed. And with a touch of luck, I think the, uh, the short story market is due to explode. Yeah, and I think the novelette thing is a great thing. I remember carrying around Mazine's book and and it fitting my pocket and thinking, yeah, this, why aren't yeah. all books this size? Why, well, do we need, why do we need this? That's, that's something that Sean is incredibly talented at as well as sort of um, solidifying an image 
Mm. I, think that's, I mean, it's, it it's really stands out. Mm. I think, so, so, do you design all the covers and everything? So, Elena Mountain had the I did the the base design. The uh, the cover illustration is by um, on for the novelettes is by a chap called Pierre Boutin. Okay. But I think again was a reader that was really wanting to work with us and cost way more than we could ever afford. But like we were able to reach a decent agreement because he was really into it and mm. he was definitely really into his his like, cover ideas. Mm. So um, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm really pleased actually with how the the novelettes have come out. I just think I just like things that look slightly different as well from what the norm is. And obviously, by the nature of a novelette being smaller, um, perhaps I mean an easy way to describe it is if you've not seen them is um, half the size of a standard paperback mm. maybe, um, and they run at generally hundred pages long as well. They're you can read them in a day, they're like 39 steps kind of deal, you know, the minutes or so. It's, it's a fascinating form. Yeah, it's, they're, they're very it's short novellas. They are yeah. two long, short stories. There's something, it's, an, it's a good open pen fit. They're not quite right, you know. They're not They're not quite the same as everything else. They're just doing their own thing and hopefully they're, they're looking pretty doing it as well. They're the, they're the candy of corner shops kind of deal and I think they're far more nutritious mm. than, your, than your Mars bars. Mm. No, I, I completely agree and I think it's something that we at Mirror Online are very inspired by this idea of these novelettes and just trying to get things published in paper and out to people as simply and quickly as possible. And I think that there is a great value in that um, in terms of, yeah, just making it, making not that the book industry is dying or anything, mm -hmm. but just making these more accessible to those that maybe don't want to read and don't yeah. want to have that big book. I hate hardbacks. There, I've said it. Absolutely. It's on record now. I hate them. I don't get the point of them. They take up too much space. Why we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have someone else, uh, uh, Louise Hare, on, and, uh, later on, but she's about to have her book released and she's getting a big hardback. She's very excited about it. So I'm going to have a <laughs> well, big argument about that. I do think we're the minority, aren't we, probably? People love a hardback, especially the author. Yeah. Having said that, if I do get an agent and get published one day, please, oh, please make it. my book into yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I want that one back. Just to give to my mum, that's what I really want. Pop up. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pop up um, right, okay. So always, sort of, when we finish these things off, we like to ask our guests, uh, what are you reading at the moment and what would you recommend? And it can be one of your own books if you want to, an open pen book. Well, now I have to promote my own books, but I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie. But you should definitely pick up the novelettes, of course. Mm. Shitstorm by Fernando Strigotti, One Thing by Zampi Barker, and The Prick by Mezen Salim. We've got two more coming this year. But I am reading um, uh, the second book in the outline series by Rachel Cusk. Um, I think it's called Transit, the second one. But it's just so good. And you know, sometimes you read a book, and the first time I had this feeling was Kafka when I was very young, this feeling of. I'm never going to be able to write like this mm. um, and feeling just quite annoyed whilst you're reading it and I think um, it's nice to still be having that feeling in your mid-30s like damn it this is so good and that's how I feel about um, these books so far I'm 1.5 1.5 books into the series and yeah really good really recommended okay. I'm currently reading Catherine Mansfield's selected stories um, similar to Rachel she's the type of author who whilst you're reading her you think how the hell has she done that and how the hell am I gonna ever be able to do that which I think is the sort of perfect hinterland for when you're reading literature um, and her themes are fascinating as well they're 
very Jacobian sort of like perspective, and that's what modernist and there's you know there's no hierarchies of significance in the story. So if, like, an altercation in a shop could mean more to you than a newly elected prime minister or whatever. So um, she's just utterly bewildering, which is great. Um, I'm also reading Walt Whitman's collected poems. Okay. Um, slowly but surely. So. And and would you recommend him to think that you're not reading at the moment? Anything that you'd be like, everyone should read this book. Maybe that's a bit too broad. Um. Well, I, I think I was talking to you about it. I just read. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm not exactly plugging him because I think he's been dead for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I've just read Airships by Barry mm-hmm. Hanna. She's a short story collection, quite a seminal one. I want to borrow that. And it was fantastic. It was, it's got that kind of brutal, sudden style to it. But he, um, I think he was Donna Tartt's tutor, amongst, and Larry Brown as well, if you know him. Um, he's, he was just unbelievable. He's very simply written, but he's, he's spent, you know, a good time of your day after reading a short story trying to sort of contemplate all the... <laughs> No, cool. Well, that's a recommendation. Yeah. It's hard to get that book, isn't it? I, yeah, you, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, uh, yeah, we'll have to find a way to get our readers to, yeah. to find it. Okay, well, thank you so much for, for uh, coming to talk to us today, or me coming to talk to you, I guess. Um, it was been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Thank you to Sean Preston and Joe Johnston for taking part in this podcast, and thank you for listening. If you like what we do here at Mirror Online, and you'd like to support us, why not check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash mirrorline, where we have a ton of rewards aimed at supporting new writers. You can follow us on Twitter at mirrorlinebbk, and hear previous episodes of the podcast wherever you listen to them.